Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. So we'll probably go into January with this, and then we will be finished with this series of lessons. This has been 30 lessons, but we've gone through it. It's been very good. Holiness is taught to us by the Holy Ghost that dwells in us, John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We need to pray and ask God to give us strong convictions. You must believe truth with all of your heart. We should desire to be holy simply because God is holy and we have an earnest desire to be like him. The Holy Ghost, that's the spirit of God that dwells in us will convict us of all unholiness, but we must yield to its influence. It doesn't do any good for the Holy Ghost to tell us what's wrong if we don't obey the Holy Ghost. Your will must be surrendered to the will of God. Holy Ghost taught holiness must become a personal conviction. Romans 8 and 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Holy Ghost is taught to us by Holy Ghost filled teachers and pastors. A teacher is a gift from God given for the perfecting of the saints. People are like, well, I don't need anybody to tell me, but the Bible says Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The struggle for perfection is bringing the flesh into subjection to the word and the spirit of God. The ministry is given. This is what the Bible teaches us right here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. The ministry is given to the church to instruct the saints and to help them win the struggle for holiness. Amen. We need to ask God to help us to be obedient to the spiritual leadership that God has given us. We need to pray that God would help us to submit to that spiritual leadership, to the pastor and so on, and to the teaching. The holiness standards and doctrines that your pastor teaches you must become personal convictions. It needs to go beyond just hearing it to becoming something that is put inside of us personally. Here's the reason that's so important. Because if we don't do that. The moment something happens, uh, we'll ditch all of that stuff. If we don't get that from here to here, we'll ditch all of those standards, all of those convictions as soon as something happens. Amen. Amen. And so we need to get the, the standards, the doctrines that are taught to us become personal convictions. 
You will not always immediately understand everything you're taught. But if we obey and be submissive, God give us understanding. And there's been more times than I can count where I've been taught something. I'm like, I don't get it. And then I say, but I'm going to do it because it's, because it's the right thing to do. And God has helped me to understand. Hebrews 13 and 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for who? For you. Amen. That is unprofitable for you. Didn't even say it's unprofitable for the pastor. Didn't say it's unprofitable for the apostle, prophet, teacher, etc. He said it's unprofitable for you. The fact that we do not understand some principles of holiness and godliness is evidence that we need a pastor to teach us. I am a pastor. I'm the pastor of this church. But I have had a pastor. And I have men that I am accountable to today. Amen. That are that are some of them are peers and some of them are elders that I'm accountable to because I need somebody in my life. Amen. I'm getting older and as time goes on, all the people that were my my pastor is dead and people people are dying off, but there's still people that I hold myself accountable to. The understanding of holiness comes through obedience. If you will not submit and obey, you will never understand. Because you've left faith and obedience out of living for God. Holiness is taught to us by the Bible. The Bible does not try to give specific answers to the countless situations that may face an individual. But the Bible gives us principles by which to govern our lives. It's very important to understand. The Bible doesn't cover every specific thing. But it gives us principles to govern our lives by Dealing with the specifics of holiness is the purpose of the Holy Ghost and of the ministry. I, I've used this example a lot of times. There's sometimes that we, there are things that we should, we should avoid simply because, because it's good sense. And sometimes we avoid things because they are wrong. You know, there's parts of Los Angeles you don't want to wear certain colors. That's good sense. And, uh, and, and there, are, there are some things you stay away from that's good sense. And, uh, but there's, there's the fact that there are things that the Bible says to abstain from the very appearance of evil that we need to avoid. The Holy Ghost will give you guidance in the practical application of Bible principles. The ministry as expounders of the word will help you to gain a depth of understanding in the word. The pastor must make a practical and contemporary application of the scripture. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means the pastor takes the scripture and he takes the principles of the scripture and then he applies it in a practical way. For instance, ladies, don't wear things that expose your bodies. That's a practical application of scripture. Ladies, don't wear... Open-toed shoes is an impractical application of Scripture. It says it's just an impractical application that doesn't mean anything. So there are things, there are liberties that we have. 
There are things we call Christian liberty. There are, Christian, there are things that, that, for instance, there are things that I may feel that are all right for me, that are not all right for you. And those are, those are certain things. But when the pastor gets up and begins to preach and he, he applies practical application and then also contemporary um, application to the scripture, what does that mean? That means timely or of the times. I'll, you know, an, an example. It may not be a problem to listen to certain types of music, but other types of music are ungodly. So you avoid those things. It's a contemporary thing. And, and I'm not talking about contemporary music. I'm talking about situations that we deal, deal with today. Some things of today. There may be certain things that are right and certain things that are not right. And there may be situations in certain areas. For instance, we mentioned about the colors in Los Angeles. Let's say you were living in Sandpoint, Idaho during certain times when the skinheads were running around. The racist skinheads were running around. The pastor of the area might get up and say, don't be skinheads. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a bald head. Um, but, but in that situation, there would be a contemporary application that would say, we're, gonna, we're not going to identify with certain things that are ungodly. So that's applications. There's practical applications. You know, let, uh, yes, sir. Sir. Did I say ma'am? Mayor what? We don't, we don't take a, a stand against beards. We, we, there, the, let, me, let me say something. I'm not going to get into this real de deep. The Bible does not have, the Bible does not teach anything for or against beards. Yes, he did. Absolutely he did. And, uh, and uh, a lot of other people had beards. Um, I suspect that Paul did not. I'm not sure of the scripture, but probably he did. Um, I suspect that Paul probably did not. He probably went with the Roman, and they tend to be clean-shaven. The Greeks and the Romans tend to be clean-shaven. It was half a dozen the other. Um, the Bible doesn't teach anything for or against the beard. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you, or for facial hair. It doesn't say anything about that. And so consequently, I don't teach anything on that. I don't teach you for or against it. The only thing that we do is on the platform, we have clean-shaven. It's called a platform standard. Has nothing to do with salvation. Has nothing to do with that. We just say if you're going to be on the platform, you're you're clean shaven. That's the only thing we do. That is that is a standard that we have had for quite a while. Whether it will continue to be that way or not, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that's what we've had for a while, and and it's it, it's it's called a platform standard. It's kind of the same thing as if I say I want you to wear a tie on the platform. That sort of thing. So it's a platform standard. Yes, ma'am. That they would shave? No. The only thing that I can think of right now that says that is when I believe it was Daniel. When, was it Daniel that went before the king? There's no, huh? But Daniel went before the king. He shaved. and In other words, he cleaned himself up. Um, that I, we don't, I have purposely not taken a stand on, on facial hair because of that. And some people do and some people don't. I don't. Um, simply, but I... I will say this, that there have been, there have been people who have, who have, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to say this, that there are directions that you can go that can be in the wrong way. And, uh, but as far as that is concerned, I don't take, I don't take any stand 
concerning that. I, again, the only thing that we have done is that we have, we have certain platform standards. Just simply, if you're going to play music, if you're going to do this, you're going to be on the platform, you, you don't, uh, you know, ask that you don't wear facial hair. That's the only thing we do. As far as it being sin or anything like that, there's no scripture at all for that. And, uh, and that, that is something that, for the most part, I just leave aside. I put aside. Brother Randy's going, oh. <laughs> and I never even think about Brother Randy's mustache. He's in there getting red face. <laughs> and I'd be like, I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about it if he wasn't going like this. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. Let me say this. Let me explain something about that. We're going to go longer than I thought if I'm not careful. Let me say, let me explain something about that. During the 1960s, 19, early late 50s, early 60s, 70s, there was a, um, there was a, um, the, the hippie movement. Most of you people, other than me and Brother Randy and Sister, you know, just a few of us, know what the hippie movement was. There was, a, there was a hippie movement. The hippie movement was a countercultural movement. And one of the things that it did was it, they wore beards. They all wore beards. Well, beards and long hair. That was the deal about hippie about the hippies, and, uh, and so um, what happened there was a lot of people began to preach against facial hair because of that particular movement. Um, again, this is the contemporary and practical application. I'm not big on beards. I, I grew one one time. Did I ever tell you all about that? I grew a beard one time. <laughs> It was, it was, I, I had a red beard, man. Red and gray. It was, it was a thick old beard. Y'all didn't know about that, huh? I was in, when I was in COVID, I was on the ventilator in there for weeks. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't shave for I don't know how many weeks. I didn't even know I hadn't shaved. I woke up, someone gave me a mirror and I looked at it and thought, I got a beard. I mean, it was beard. Plus, I had sores all over my face because of the, the ventilator, and I looked like a homeless dude that come off the street. It was horrible. And I, didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't so much. It just was uncomfortable to me. I, I have a hard I, I don't like it. I can sh- let it go for a little while, but then i got to shave. It's, just, it's, it's me. But I, I asked him, I asked him, I said, please. So I couldn't shave myself. I said, please, somebody shave me. Somebody please shave me. Just shave me. Get this stuff off me. So this male nurse comes in, and he has a whole package of razors. And he starts working on my face. And he gets everything off, and he runs out of razors, and he left a Fu Manchu. <laughs> I have pictures, but I ain't showing them. A Fu Manchu. And I'm like, he says, I'm just going to have to leave the Fu Manchu. <laughs> By the time I got out, I was able to get it all off. <laughs> but that's my experience with the beard. But a lot of it was back then came from that. I have I have personally I I I, I personally have stayed away from that subject. 
That's where conviction plays in a lot. A lot of times it's a personal conviction situation that people feel strongly about. And, and, and for some people, it is, a, it is a source of vanity. And, um, and so uh, you got to, it's like, it's like my hair is a source of vanity for me. <laughs> it's one of those things, yes. They would have beards, but they would not trim them. Right. Right. It, it would depend on your. It would depend on your motivation. I think a lot. And, um, yes. Yeah, I understand that too. I understand that too, because and that that is a, that is something to take in consideration, and, um, and and all of these things. Again, it's stuff that is. This is why we're talking about practical and, and contemporary application of stuff. Some things that may have applied way back may may not apply now. There are certain situations. If you're doing it as in rebellion, you got a problem there. And, and and it's like you're not gonna, you know I, I'm not I'm not looking at it. People, people some people have got a bigger problem than I do, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. It's a motivation. Yeah. I have motivation not to wear a beard. And I'm going to tell you what it is. My wife told me she would not kiss me. And I like my wife's kisses. There you go. But I told her if I ever did wear a beard, I was going to wear one like a Billy Gibbons as a ZZ Top is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know. What's that? It is. It is a lot of personal conviction. And I, I have made a choice for some time now to kind of leave it alone, except for the fact that we do we do say, look, if you're going to be on the platform, let's be clean shaven. Just kind of at the same time, I understand what you deal with. Um, and, oh, no, I know that. I understand that. 
And I understand that absolutely. And you got to understand that, that there's nothing in the scripture. I'll be honest with you. I wish a long, long, long time ago whenever somebody started preaching against beer, they left it alone because we wouldn't be dealing with this nowadays. <laughs> it just, it just, it's one of those things, it's just one of those things that, that are so, that are so inconsequential when it comes to holiness. They're just inconsequential. There's a lot of things that are really important. And, and there, there are other things that we, we need to, you know, we need, that, that are good, we need to talk about too at times. And we'll, we'll probably talk about certain things that, that need to be dealt with. And uh, um, in fact, we will as we go on, and, but that's probably not one of them. Yes, sir. We, we need to stay, stay consistent. Um, there, there are other things. I, in fact, I wrote on a, 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 a minister's forum, there are other things that are, are real deep theological issues that we need to deal with. Like, for instance, sweet or unsweet cornbread. Hot tea or hot, talk, hot coffee. <laughs> Grits or, 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 or uh, hash browns. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> there are some things. Let me say this in, in all seriousness. There are some things that are very important. Uh, and, and I'll just go through it. We may finish this tonight or not. There are some that are very important. There, there are things like men and women's distinction of dress is extremely important, especially in today's, at, at any time, because the scripture teaches that. But especially in today's, society where where the devil is trying to blur the distinction of, of men and women. Modesty of dress, whether men or women, is important. Amen. Uh, ladies, there, there's, there's, there's a couple things. Men, nobody wants to see your ugly body. And ladies, you shouldn't be showing yours off. Anyway, we won't get into it, but those are important. Things like jewelry, things like like hair, the, the, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter is very clear about hair, things, and we'll go into some other things. These are important. Other, there's a lot of things that just have no real bearing on anything because they're not, they're not that, that of great importance. We may have certain rules and certain things in the church as far as, as, far as, um, as, far as platform standards, that sort of thing. But, uh, but when it comes to salvation, we need to make sure that we give a practical and contemporary application of the scripture. Here is something that is important. As I mentioned not too long ago, somebody said, I believe it was Brother Norris made this statement. He said, where the scripture speaks, we speak. Where the scripture is silent, we're silent. Now, you understand this on the scripture speaking. 
that involves practical or applications too. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. So what are we going to do? We're going to say, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about pornography. It actually does use the word porneo. But it doesn't say anything about, you know, internet pornography. So there's no rules about internet pornography. So it's all right if we look at internet pornography. The Bible does speak about those things that are appearances of evil. It speaks about lust. It speaks about all of that stuff. So we take those principles of the scripture and we apply them in a practical and contemporary way to what is going on. The Bible says nothing about methamphetamine, but we understand that it's a filthiness of the flesh. So we apply it in a practical and contemporary uh, uh, way today. So that, that's the way that works. Um, brother, where's Brother? Brother Darrell, where did this thing go? Go check and just see what's going on out there. I was looking for Brother Darrell back there. And Brother Darrell's right here, so it's confusing to me. Right. Well, at uh, Morning Man about three weeks ago, I taught on that. And if you want me to, if you want some ammunition, I'll send you my notes. I've got a ton of notes. Brother, Brother Joshua, everybody's disappearing. Brother Joshua, did you get my notes on the, the drinking and stuff? Were you able to look at any of that? Well, it's not going to do you any good. <laughs> I'll send them to you too, though. If anybody wants those notes, if you were not there, I have a plethora of notes on, on, on drinking alcohol. And they're, they're, they're excellent notes. Some of them are mine. Some of them are other notes. But they are scriptures and notes and reasons. And, and let me say that, I, I, we've been down that road, and I mentioned it not too long ago. There was a, a family in our church one time that, um, that, that, unbeknownst to me, they were drinking wine while they were Sunday school teachers and, and praise singers, and they justified it by looking at the scripture and saying, well, Jesus drank wine, and Paul said, to Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake and your many infirmities, and so on. And I'm going to tell you what happened to them is every every last man of them is backslid and in deep sin today. And it started right there. Of course, it also started with a bunch of rebellion too. Rebellion will get you too. And uh, and and so I'm going to tell you what. There's. Let me say this, brother, brother. Um, Brother Terry made a statement. We, we may not get very much further on that. Brother, 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 brother Terry made a statement. He said, he said, don't tear down a fence until you know why it's been built. Don't tear the fence down. And we're always ready to tear down fences. Well, you know, we need to figure out why it's been built. Let's take wine, for instance. Why do we preach against wine? Well, why? You know, the Bible says says that, you know, take a little wine, blah, 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 blah. And then you look, Brother Randy, why do we preach against alcohol? 
You know why we preach against alcohol. <laughs> because it will destroy you. And it, it, wine is a mocker, strong drink it, is raging. But, but the thing about it is, is that all you have to do is look at things and realize that, 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 that alcohol has destroyed lives and families and societies and all of that stuff. And, and it's a horrible thing. So there's a reason why we built that fence. You know, years ago, we, we, you know, we took stands against certain things. Years ago, we took, took stands against television. And, and you're like, why would you preach against television? Well, because, and even back then, but now, even though we don't, you know, people have television and stuff like that, we preach against the content that is basically Hollywood. There's a reason why we built that fence. That doesn't mean that there isn't things that, if you can, that you can look at. And I don't preach against video in, in every form and, and all of that. But I'm going to tell you that. this There's a reason why that we built those fences back then. Because this garbage. Now look at Hollywood. Look at what Hollywood is today. But it's just Disney. Disney's the worst of the whole bunch. It's horrible stuff. They're, they're pushing so much garbage, it's unbelievable. So why did we build that fence way back in the day? Well, because those elders back then saw the danger coming. Practical application now. You can talk about the TV box or whatever, and you've got it right here. So you've got to, you know what I'm saying? So now we've got, what we've got to preach is you watch out what you put. Bible says, I will, Paul said, David said, I will set no unclean thing before mine eyes. I'm not going to finish this tonight. <laughs> Y'all got me started. Yes, ma'am. Let me think. Yes. Well, the Bible says, uh, oh, Sister Christina, I will not be, oh, man, not to be beholden to anything, but the Bible says I will not be subject to, the Bible says that I won't take my liberty as a chiviousness. I'm trying to think of the scripture. Oh, and, and now I can't even think of it. Basically what it's saying is there are things there that may, that we may have liberty to do, but I will not be in bondage to that sort of thing. I won't be bound by that. No, it's a different scripture. You're talking like the seventh chapter of Romans? Um, no, it's different. He said, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be, oh, I will not be basically held in bondage to those things. There's a lot of things that probably are not strictly sin in the, in the strictest sense, but I'm not going to be bound by those things. I think that something like alcohol, and we're going to close right now. I think it's something like alcohol is, is 
is something that we don't have to dig very far to see. It is absolutely wrong. It is absolutely wrong. It is, it is ungodly. Anything that does what alcohol does to people is ungodly. It's just like drugs. And one thing that is becoming an issue, and I know, and I expect to see this a lot, is what about marijuana? What about marijuana? You apply the same garbage to marijuana, you can apply to, to, to alcohol. It's mind-altering. It's not, people say, well, so is caffeine and sugar. Well, you know what? <laughs> you can overindulge in caffeine and sugar, too. But the thing about something like marijuana is it is mind-altering, not in the way caffeine is. Caffeine just gets you kind of energy. Sugar gives you energy. Too much of it might be like anything. But my, marijuana is mind-altering. It destroys the brain cells. It is part of the, you involve, it, you're smoking it and, it, and it's filthiness of the flesh. There's nothing, and if you're smoking marijuana, and lettuce, unless it is a medicinal thing, there's nothing about marijuana that is good. All you're doing is you're wanting to get high. That is the only reason they're smoking that stuff, is they're wanting to get high. I don't need marijuana to get a satisfaction. I can find the Holy Ghost for that. Amen. You walk down the street nowadays, I didn't even know what marijuana smelled like. I thought it was some sort of skunk. It smells kind of like a skunk, don't it? <laughs> He's asking about gummies. <laughs> yeah, if it's got to get hot. Oh, yeah, Tracy, Tracy. <laughs> it still makes you high. There you go. Okay, there you go. And, and you know what? You're right about that. The gummies and a lot of this edibles will make you higher, much worse. Okay, that's a totally different situation. You can't get high off of, what's that called? CBD. You can't get. But I mean, you can't get high on CBD, can you? It's medicinal, yeah. But here's the thing, does it work? Colleen says it doesn't work. Right. Was it lotion? Okay. Oh, oh, he didn't put it in a little pipe. <laughs> yeah. I just Sister Colleen tried to smoke the lotion, but it didn't work. <laughs> I 
told, so, who was I told? I tried to smoke a turkey, but I couldn't find rolling papers big enough. <laughs> Marijuana is bad. All this, let me say this. Let me say this about this sort of thing, okay? Since we're here, and we're going to stop right now before this thing gets off the rails. <laughs> you got the Holy Ghost, you don't need that junk. <laughs> Come on. Now, you, you, you want to use CBD for medicinal, that's fine. Um, I, I don't have any problem with that, but all this other garbage is. And you know what? M marijuana is becoming so strong now that it's becoming almost like a narcotic. They are having, they are having uh, psychotic episodes because of the strong, now that it's legal because of the strong medicine, uh, marijuana and that sort of thing. I'm going to tell you what, this church, the apostolic church is going to keep preaching against that garbage until the Lord comes. We don't need that stuff. Anyway, so we'll go on. <laughs> I know that we're supposed to try to do some practice. So let's stand and worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.